Welcome to Countdown to Eternity. Today, pastors James Cadiz and Tom Hughes sit down to discuss the problems emerging from the Mediterranean, the Red Sea, and the Persian Gulf. The nations are nowhere near the peace we need to see for Ezekiel 38, but it can happen quickly if the right situation becomes volatile enough. What does that mean? Join us and find out. Well, hello, my dear brothers and sisters. I want to welcome you to another episode of Countdown to Eternity. And I am blessed to be with my dear friend, Pastor Tom Hughes. Bro, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. There's a ton of things happening in the Middle East. There's things happening in Europe. There's things happening in the Red Sea, the Arabian Peninsula. There's a lot happening. But before we do, let me just ask you a simple question. How are you doing, bro? You've been traveling all over the place. What's the latest and greatest with you? I'm tired. But, uh, <laughs> but you know what? It, the last time we were together, I was what? I was in LAX walking around. Uh, did you know I got lost? Yeah. I was, did, did you know? I yeah, you told me after. Oh, yeah. I wasn't paying any attention to where I was going. I was just talking to you. Next thing I know, and I didn't have my glasses on, and I was totally lost. I couldn't read signs. I got to get back to the group. We're getting ready to go to Australia. I'm going, oh, my gosh, I'm in LAX, and I don't know where I'm going. So it's not dementia, right? It's just glasses. Well, it, wasn't, it wasn't like the guy in the White House. It wasn't like the guy. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. I knew it. That's why I said it. <laughs> well, these people, all these people out here who say, how could you say anything like that about the about the person in that position? You know what? Going to call it what it is. We're going to tell the truth yep. because there are liars that are running this country right now, and he's an evil man. Kamala Harris is is nuts. Did you see her last week, where she says, "I can run the country"? I'm thinking that's what we need. <sighs> Kamala Harris running the country. Listen, the, o- the only reason why I am not happy about the idea of Joe Biden getting impeached and then getting convicted and removed from office is because who could actually take over? If Kamala takes over, look, Kamala is the epitome of a DEI appointment, okay? She would be a terrible. <laughs> she is. And let me she just say this. Is. I'll quote my sister. DEI needs to D-I-E, okay? I'll just yeah. tell you that right, right. now. But they that's exactly And what do you expect? I mean, this is the kind of nonsense, bro, that we continue to see propagated in the minds of other people. Like, how in the world do people actually expect to think that this represents anything that remotely typifies what we know in America? It's absolutely ridiculous. It's some of the most racist, baloney. I mean, come on. Kamala Harris isn't even black. Let's just face it. Yeah. Yeah. She's from India, right? And Jamaica. Okay. I mean, that's, I'm sorry, but that's not black. Okay, if she's black, then I am white, born and raised in Germany. You're not white. Okay, I thank you. I can see you, you right now. You're not white. You know, they forced me when I was a kid to say that I was white because I was from the Middle East, and the Middle East doesn't count. It, it, they used to tell me when I was a kid, it's really not an African country. Are you guys blind? Like, do you- oh. <laughs> Speaking of, did you see that, that transgender shooter upper at, at uh, Joel Osteen's church? Oh yeah, bro. Okay. What a she's from El Salvador. Did you see what she was listed as? White, not Hispanic. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I oh, yeah. He, uh, along with her her uh, free Palestine Uzi or whatever she was using. It's dude. It's absolutely ridiculous. And actually, if you look at Joel Osteen's interview, do you know how crazy creepy that interview was? Like you should look, dude. You should look at his face while they're interviewing him. We're just sorry about the tragedy, and he's smiling. I mean, bro, he's smiling. It's creepy. Yeah, I, I, I purposely can't watch Joel Osteen stuff, but I need to watch that. Um, but it's disgusting. So here's what I think. I don't think Kamala Harris will be president, and here's why. 
I don't think the globalists want her. And the reason is because she's such an idiot. This is what she'll do. They'll be able to control her to a point, but she's so stupid. One day she'll do something like, I think I'm going to make all of my leaders happy. I'm going to do this. I'm going to push this button right here. She'll do something and they know it. She's so stupid. Yep. She'll do something that they don't want her to do and she'll think it's a good thing. So they won't, they won't, they won't be able to have her in that position. Yeah. And I'm, I don't tell you this right now. Um, the, the stupidity of Kamala Harris actually knows no bounds. Perhaps one of the most, uh, I think, uh, let, let me use this term in great sarcasm. One of the most gratuitous pictures of the level of stupidity that exists, or shall we even say ignorance at best? Let's, let's just be nice to Kamala and say it's ignorance. Okay is when she goes before a group of people and addresses Zelensky very specifically and says, we want you as the United States of America to join NATO. And then we wonder why a month or two later, Putin goes in to Ukraine and decides to fix the problem that he sees already formulating. I am not a Putin apologist, and I'm not here to defend him by any stretch of the imagination, but we are the ones that put Putin in Russia, the United States of America. We expanded NATO just like we promised we would not do so. We pushed for further expansion of NATO, fully knowing and understanding that we had American clandestine operators in Ukraine that were actually fulfilling a purpose, and that was to create the element of hyper-Nazism, anti-Semitic garbage that continues to, to carry itself all the way across, only to find ourselves in a position where we now got caught with our pants down, the United States of America, and they're wanting to fix the problem. It's absolutely ridiculous. I think there are so many lies going on there. And you've got the VP, the vice president of the United States, sitting literally in front of Zelensky, the guy who basically says he's going to, he campaigned on peace. He's shut down there. He he basically said, we're in war. We're not going to have an election, right? I mean, he's gone this far and basically said, come on, Help us expand NATO. We want to expand NATO. We want you to be a member of NATO, knowing full well that NATO isn't even going to accept them because of the corruption that exists within Ukraine, and also knowing that most members of the alliance would never allow Ukraine to be a member of NATO because they don't want to enter into World War III where Russia is coming after all of them. I don't know. I I, I have a hard time speaking my mind sometimes. Yes, you do. I I always always have known that about you, James. You're someone who has no opinion on anything. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but it just bo- it just it, the, the the Kamala thing it just it just bothers oh, me. Oh, she's something else. She's really something else. I personally think it's going to be Newsom and Michael Obama. Yeah, but, oh yeah. 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 Yeah, Big Mike? Yep. Yeah, Big yep. Mike. Absolutely. I think Big Mike will actually be the front runner and Newsom will probably be the VP is what I think. Uh there's it's a good chance. It's going to be it'll be one way or another. It's like yeah. betting on the exactus at the horses, which I used to do 40 years ago. And he yeah. used to win. Because you could would bet both ways, winner and second place, and that's what it is here. It's Newsom and and yep. Big Mike or Big Mike and Newsom. It's gonna yeah, be one. I'm, I'm almost certain it's gonna be Big Mike because they have to deal with getting rid of Kamala. They have to deal with the population of people that are gonna be super angry and super upset. And by the way, if it is Big Mike and Newsom, and that ends up actually being successful, then we can say for sure we have solidified the destruction of the United States of America. Oh. We're already seeing it. We know the United States of America is inconsequential in Bible prophecy. We're looking at all the alliances beginning to happen uh, happen in Western and Eastern Europe. We're watching everything happening with the UN that's beginning to happen. If you saw the UNRWA, the new UNRWA video that just got released, uh, that the IDF just released regarding these employees murdering uh, Jews and pulling them aside, 
um, you can actually say that the UN is a terrorist organization, or at least UNRWA is a terrorist organization. The UN is on the front line, was on the front line of the whole Gaza war, October yep. 7th. That's the 100%. UN. And the 100%. UN is also, with U.S. funds, funding the destruction of the border in uh, the southern border. As 100%. The UN is funding those people to come across the border. Chinese nationals, Somalis, uh, uh, Islamic terrorists, all of it. Here's something that's really interesting with the Somalia thing, and it's a it's a connection that isn't made by a lot of people because people have to be able to know what's going on in order to make the connection, and the media has done a very good job of hiding all of it, right? But it is really interesting to think how Ilhan Omar is beginning to insert herself with Somalia in basically seeking to represent the United States with respect to a foreign wow. policy decision on how it stands with Somalia over a water uh, debate that's going on and actually complicating Somaliland, which is a, a big issue right now. Somaliland is kind of like a, a, a akin to what's happening with Taiwan and China in many ways without a lot of the industrialism and so on and so forth. It's in essence a, a debate that's going on right now. And with that, you have governments like Egypt that are standing with Somalia and actually saying, no, we stand with your position. You have Ilhan Omar who says, well, I represent the United States of America. And although we're defending your interests, Egypt, in the Suez Canal by you know, positioning ourselves in the Red Sea and defending us from uh, the Houthis, the Yemeni Houthis, and we're covering the Arabian Peninsula, I'm going to completely ignore all of that by simply saying that I have an opinion that doesn't really reflect any level of intelligence or understanding regarding the issue, the language, the culture, the reason, or anything like that. And I'm going to um, basically make a statement on behalf of the United States of America that is going to throw the region into a complete tizzy. And by the way, if it ends up happening and we begin to see Egypt start to destabilize because al-Sisi, which I, I will just say this right now about the president of Egypt, he has a no-nonsense attitude when it comes to the Islamic Brotherhood. He wants nothing to do with them. He's pushed them out, not quite at the level that King Hussein and Jordan did in the late 70s, right, with respect to the Palestinians and what sparked what happened in Lebanon. But he has a very strong commitment to that, and he has built out the southern border of Gaza so strongly that they're not even worried about the invasion. I, I don't even want to use the invasion. They're not worried about the movement of the IDF south of Khan Yunus into Rafah, they're not even worried about it because they understand that Egyptian sovereignty won't be affected because at all costs, they don't want Palestinians in the border. So if you take the problem with Somalia going on, you take the problem with Djibouti, that's literally at the funnel where the uh, Red Sea is at and the passageway from the Indian Ocean and the Gulf of Aden and all of that stuff into the Red Sea, which leads into the Suez Canal, you've got a major instability problem that is brewing one that is so significant that it's going to it's going to be a, all the king's horses and all the king's men can't put Humpty together again. And if that happens, it sets up a whole new series of alliances because the major player in the southern Mediterranean then becomes Libya. And the person who's in Libya right now that has the most influence is Russia. They're about to win the civil war. And when they do, the positions that they have in Tripoli and, yes, Benghazi is going to strengthen because as they have already done the things necessary to beat that civil war, they now have security of the Southern Mediterranean, and we already know they've got a few subs in that area. So let's get real here. We are going to begin to see the strengthening of the alliance that we read about in Ezekiel 38, 
you know, when that's going to happen, I think it's after the rapture, of course, or around the same time of the rapture, but we are watching it happening. It's, it's like literally manifesting before our eyes, and the United States of America, before it blows up into little bits, is actually helping all of this to happen. It's accelerating it. Uh, well, yeah, and plus with the, the Houthis in firing the, or using the drones they've been oh, using, yeah. it's put the United States military in a very bad position. That's right. To, to the point where, you know, you look at it, you wonder what's going to happen if a U.S. Navy ship is taken out. Yep. What will what will the U.S. do? What will the Biden administration do at that point? If they attack, you've got a huge problem. If it's drones and with the drone technology that is only getting better and better and better, thanks to Russia and Iran and the attacks coming against us, you got to look at this and go, okay, what's the U.S. going to do if suddenly there's a swarm attack of drones? They take out a U.S. Navy ship. The U.S. knows we don't have the weapons necessary to go against drones. We don't have it. Yep, that's right. Yeah. I mean, that whole area of the Red Sea is getting very, very interesting. And I would tell the whole world, anybody who's watching this kind of stuff, you better pay attention to what's going on down there because that could literally change. What if we woke up in the morning and a Navy ship was gone, James? Well, look, how about we take it a step further? We wake up in the morning and let's say a Navy ship isn't gone. Let's say a Navy ship maintains its status, which, by the way, I, and I did a, a video on this before, um, there was a, a tool of last resort that was deployed to save a destroyer that was actually in the Red Sea. And that means basically that the U.S. defenses are very, very um, vulnerable to the attacks of these Yemenis, very likely because of the drone technology. But let's just pretend this is one of the scenarios. Let's pretend the naval ship isn't touched. Let's pretend that any of the ships that represent the coalition of people that are in the Red Sea don't get touched. But enough fear-mongering happens because it will because that's the nature of terrorism and that's what terrorism does to keep the shipping companies from going into the Red Sea and into the canal. Remember, the Red Sea is shallow. So the only way you get shipping boats to go into the Red Sea is by staying in the center of it. Well, the problem with that is that's where you're the most vulnerable, right? The security issues it's a completely new extreme level, and so many people are not doing that. Many people are now beginning to ship by air, or they're going completely around, or dare I say, in some cases, they're cruising across the Pacific, right? The problem with that is, is our pockets are going to be affected by it because our economy is going to die a terrible death. And then when you take the truckers that are in New York, which happens to be a major hub for shipping all over the, the United States, when you've got the truckers basically saying, we won't drive through New York City so long as New York City has done what they've just done to Trump, but we could see a massive disaster take place in front of us. It, look, what you used to pay for shipping you know, a few months ago, three months ago, five months ago, 10 months ago, let's say you used to pay $20 for shipping. You're now paying $150 for shipping. It's that, it's that extreme. It's that much. So when that begins to happen, the economy is so drastically affected. Good luck. Good luck on anything. Right now, if you at 2020, let's just say in the year 2020, you had $100,000 in your banking account. Right now, as it sits, based on what we know, based on the numbers that we've seen with the consumer price indexes, what we see with inflation, what we're looking at, the just the insanity with the amount of money we're, we're printing and all the other baloney that's happening, we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that that $100,000 you had in 2020 is now worth, ready for this, $70,000 today. It's ridiculous. Yeah. 
so, I mean, we look at, there's huge economic problems, but when it comes to the Red Sea, you start working that out. So there's certain ships from certain countries that have no problem going through the Red Sea and the Suez Canal right now. China's not having a problem. Yep. Russia's not having a problem. But guess what? The U.S. is. And you start looking at this going, it's a major factor. I want to go back to what you mentioned earlier, though. When you start looking at the control over there, what do you have? You have left standing Libya with the Russian influence. Yep. And we do have this the setup of the Ezekiel 38 war is going to happen. 100%. Uh, we, we can see all of these different dynamics are taking place, moving the, the, the chess pieces into place. But I, like you, don't believe it's going to happen until after the rapture. Maybe I'm wrong on that timing, but I don't believe it will. But with that, one of the things that, you know, because people have been saying for a long time, Ezekiel 38 is going to happen tomorrow. I mean, yep. how many times have we heard that, right? All the time. Yep. It, it's, it's not going to happen tomorrow. And there's a problem with the text in Ezekiel 38 where Israel will be dwelling safely, which can be security, but also it does use the word peace, which the Hebrew word there, it speaks to tranquility. Yep. It, Israel's not there yet. Israel hasn't been in that place since That's the time right. of Solomon. 100%. The day is coming. And as we see things develop with Gaza, the pressure from the Western world to force Israel into some kind of peace and security, Israel could, in the not-too-distant future, be pushed into that place of the perfect setup for Ezekiel 38. So when we look at Russia and Libya, we look at what's going to be the outcome of the Gaza war. Something's going to give. It's not going to be business as usual. I think everybody knows that. It's not going to be business as usual. So everything is developing in this direction. Uh, Russia is already a guard, Ezekiel chapter 38, verse 7, a guard for the troops north of Israel, right there yep. in Syria. They're a guard for them. They're a guard right. for everybody. They're, they work with Iran. They work with Syria. They work with with all of these different groups up there. Uh, Israel has to get permission from Russia to go into Syria. Yep, 100%. 100%. And the worst part about this is, and I think the part that is um, uh, uh, really, 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 like, okay, I, I <laughs> for the sake of sounding too alarmist, okay, let me, let me, let me just say this, for the sake of sounding too alarmist, we're doomed, okay? But I, I'm just going to say this, America is doomed. There is more pressure coming from the United States of America to put an end to Israel's response to Hamas than there is any other nation right now in the world. As a matter of fact, even Iran is not putting the kind of pressure uh, through its proxies like uh, we are. And that sounds really controversial for me to say, but the bigger issue that we need to bring to the table is this. There isn't a single Sunni Saudi Arabian uh, sympathizing nation. There isn't a single nation related to Egypt's interests or anybody anywhere near the Persian Gulf or the Arabian Peninsula that does not support the idea, with the exception of Iran, okay, that does not support the idea of destroying Hamas in Gaza. Jordan doesn't want Hamas anywhere near them. They have no desire for the uh, 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 Islamic Brotherhood. Egypt doesn't want them there. Saudi Arabia says, yes, we sympathize with the cause of the Palestinians, but they themselves understand the fact that as long as there's Palestinians, they as a nation remain weak because they have the sympathies of Iran in the position that they hold where they are. And they even so much as say that they're not even concerned about Jerusalem. 
there's a tie to the Al-Aqsa Mosque, but the Golden Dome, they're not really all that concerned about. And the reality of it is, in secret, and if you listen to what they say in Arabic, in secret, you know what they want? They want peace. They want Israel to be at peace. When I say peace, meaning they want economic security. And they know they're not going to get it when there is a group of people that say, from the river to the sea, we want to basically destroy Israel. And that's that's what's going on. Did I play for you the translation? Did I did I translate the uh, one of the leaders that basically said we have no interest in in? Did I play that video for you? No, you have not. Oh, let me. I'm I'm going to play this for you. This is one of the leaders of Hamas. By the way, this interview is actually taking place. This is like no joke. This interview is taking place in Qatar. That's my guess because that's where he's hiding. Okay, he's one of the ones that's worth three or four billion dollars. Okay, and listen to what he says about Israel and his interest in peace with Israel and a two-state solution. You have to listen to this. This is absolutely crazy. So people are saying after the 7th of October that it opened up a whole new world about how to merchandise the, 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 the two-state solution. He says, I want to say two things. Um, we want nothing to do with the two-state solution. We reject the idea of a two-state solution for the promise of a state. He says, uh, you're required to recognize the fact that um, the state provided by the Zionist Israel, you're required by doing that, basically is what he says, to recognize the Zionist ideal that Israel is a nation, right? That's what he says. And then look what he goes on to say. He says, yeah, so he says, he says, um, this is unacceptable, and um, he says, Israel is my enemy, it's not my concern, and, and the guy interview him says, what state are you talking about? Like, he's, he's like, clarify, he says, I'm talking about Al-Falastaniya, meaning he's talking about the Palestinian state. Yeah, so the position of Hamas uh, is the majority, the majority of the Palestinian people. That's what he says. The majority of the Palestinian people, especially following October 7th, believe that the hope for the Palestinians of the river to the sea and from the north to the south has been uh, removed. It's, it's become a, sl a slogan chanted by the American Western public. He says the students, uh, Palestine is free from the river to the sea. That's the slogan of the, uh, or the belief of the American students. Our Palestinian enterprise. So what do you think of that, bro? I think that there's, he's speaking the truth. Not that I agree with it. I agree with him. I mean, I don't believe in a two-state solution. And I also don't believe in his one-state solution, yeah. which really is, that is their solution. They want a one state too, and Israel is not invited to that. He was yep. very clear on it. And, yep. and you know, going back to what you were even saying about the Joe Biden administration, James, I know you're aware of this, but just for everybody listening, on February 8th, Biden released a memorandum that requires every nation that receives military yeah. aid from the U.S. to send proof to the U.S. State Department and Congress that they are following international humanitarian and human rights laws. We know darn well that's targeted at one nation. It is targeted Israel because they're going to find holes. They're going to say, oh, the port. They, they won't talk about the wall that Egypt built so the Palestinians can't go into yep. Egypt. They yep. won't talk about that. They're going to find something. And I know Blinken is, is a Jew, but you know, want to know something? He, he's not one of those Jews that cares about the nation of Israel or the Jewish people. He's towing 
the globalist agenda, the deep state agenda. They want to eliminate Israel, and he's one of them. He's part of it, selling this thing. He's selling Israel. He's selling out Israel the way that Soros sold out Jews in Nazi Germany. Not even close, bro. You're 100 percent right. You you are you are 100 percent right. Well, guys, <laughs> time goes by fast when you're having fun. We certainly hope that you enjoyed watching this as much as we have enjoyed making it. We sincerely love you guys. Listen, next several episodes, Tom's going to be with me on Countdown to Eternity. This is going to be great. Uh, next week, we are going over the subject of the hotbed of Europe and the Middle East. It's going to be a great one. We love you guys. May God richly bless you. Seek the Lord with your whole heart because we know Jesus is coming soon. Christ can come at any moment. Open up your eyes. It's right around us. God bless you guys. That's Pastor James Giddies and Tom Hughes on Countdown to Eternity. Today's program called The Mideast is About to Set the World Ablaze can be heard again at CountdownToEternity.com. That's Countdown, the number two, Eternity.com. Or listen wherever you get your podcasts. We're also at OnePlace.com. Pastor James goes live each week on Instagram, Rumble, and YouTube. And we're releasing short videos for you too throughout the week, helping you connect the dots between what we're seeing on the news and Bible prophecy. Look for James Cadiz on any of these platforms. If you appreciate this ministry and want to see it continue, please pray for us. And as you're able and led by the Lord, you can also donate to the ministry at CountdownToEternity.com. Countdown to number two, Eternity.com. Next time on Countdown to Eternity, Pastor James Cadiz is again joined by Tom Hughes, and they'll be showing us that the revived Roman Empire is emerging. This program is brought to you by Calvary Chapel Signal Hill.